0: Don't wait. Visit Sono com slash save. Sono Bello.com slash save. Sono Bello.com slash save.
1: All in radio.
0: Welcome to the X Zone And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and uh, we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, Exxon at TV.com on all social media sites, exxon Radio TV. And we're coming to you tonight around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network. And for all the... Programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit www.xzbn.net. And for the programming we have available for you on the X-Zone TV channel that is exclusive to Simultv, visit www.simultv.com. Speaking about uh, Simultv, they have some great Christmas shows up there for the entire family. They also have some of the latest movies from Sony Television. There's 146 channels that are available to you. And all you need to do, of course, within their 146 channels is the Exxon TV channel, 724-365 Paranormal Parapsychology Programming at www.simultv.com. Our guest this hour at ExoNation is Dr. Carmen Hara. She is a world-renowned intuitive psychologist, best-selling author, radio show host, and relationship expert. Over the past 28 years, Carmen has helped over 40,000 people rediscover peace of mind, reclaim their personal power, and regain joy. Her clients come from all walks of life, from the lady next door to Hollywood celebrities and eminent politicians. Carmen uniquely combines the normal with the paranormal to deliver powerful and positive change. Uh, Let me see. And uh, tried and tested cognitive therapy coupled with the ancient arts of numerology, mediumship, and incredible intuition. Joining me now to discuss her latest book, Committed, Finding Love and Loyalty Through the Seven Archetypes, is my special guest this hour, Dr. Carmen Hara. And uh, Dr. Hara, welcome to the X-Zone.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Rob, for having me. I'm so excited to be with you
0: tonight. Well, we're excited to have you with us as mm-hmm. well, Dr. Hara. Uh, can you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and um, how you got interested in the paranormal, numerology, and all the other aspects of you know, what we talk about here on the show a lot? How did you get to this point in your life?
1: So, uh, I uh, When I was five years old, I drowned, and I had that near-death experience. I saw my body go in, in the water because I didn't know how to swim. Mm-hmm. And then I developed this kind of um, ability to transcend a little bit the world of a physics. I was fascinated when I was a kid of what was going on with me. I didn't understand yes. how come I, I was able to anticipate events that, that were about to happen making predictions for people in my family, people in my classroom, my kids. So, um, and, and as I was growing up, I said, um, I, I remember I grew up in Romania, actually, and I remember, and I was a famous singer uh, in my youth, um, and I knew, I knew always what was going to happen to me. And I remember I predicted how Ceausescu was going to be killed years before it happened, when I was in school. Uh, and many things like this happened to me. I remember I predicted September 11 3 years before it happened to one of my friends who worked mm-hmm. for Channel 11. So and I had episodes like this happening to me all the time. And then I said, okay, I need to study the way the brain works. So I went to college and I got a degree in, in clinical psychology and I started to do couple therapy, but I was always interested in in learning more about the ancient teaching and where is this coming from like Even what I'm talking tonight with you about the concept of archetype, it goes back to the Greeks. I mean, Carl Jung took the concept of archetype and introduced it in psychology, but was inspired by Plato 2,500 years ago. By the time when Pythagoras created a concept of time, numbers, transmigration of the soul, then we're going about the idea of karma, universal laws that goes back thousands and thousands of years ago, and to me, I try to combine these two, the normal, the, you know, the cognitive therapy, everything that I've learned going through school, to everything that I found so interesting and fascinating, those ancient teachings, and everything made sense. Like, for instance, I had patients coming to me, all kinds of clients coming to me, and I was just looking at them, and I was able to understand where the problem was coming from, even picked up on, on, on uh, uh, people who died or or events or situation they go through that had a lot to do with my intuitive mind with this ability to see beyond them and uh, i combined these two tools something that no no therapist will do but i uh, put these two worlds together and i found like this is the most powerful way to to communicate with somebody and to to be helpful even probably more than a regular therapist
0: Oh wow! Um, so you've been <laughs> so. Were you very young when you developed these these gifts that you have, or you acknowledged that you yeah. had these gifts?
1: I was around five years old, and uh, right after my near death experience, as a, a, at the age of five, uh, I mm-hmm. I was able to look at somebody and understand where that person has a health problem you know right Uh, so uh, i I detect things about uh, people uh since my youth so this happened to me constantly and also being able to anticipate a major world events or situation or circumstances so it's interesting that i i don't know how uh, uh, if if this uh, sounds fascinating to you but i was born in transylvania Mm-hmm. End up, and I knew all my life I will end up in another part of the world. And I, uh, I came in America with a singing contract. So uh, as I was a known singer in Europe, and I and I was in my twenties, so I I came to America, and my life changed completely. And I decided, you know, to do this type of a career to work with the mind to help people, mm-hmm. to write books, and I start writing a number of books, book after book after book, and, and do my practice. And, and, and complete my studies because I wanted to investigate my own gifts and understand how the brain works and what is intuition all about because it's an ability of the brain that we all have. We all are intuitive, but we're afraid we don't really understand what is this all about and how the brain really functions. Uh, but if you understand the mind, uh, then you actually, it's like, like um Einstein used to say that actually intuition is a gift, is a gift from the divine, and we should not ignore the power of the mind and use it for our own advantage, and don't be scared if you're intuitive. Allow yourself to trust that that gut feeling that you have within you, that you can prevent something, that it's okay to anticipate, it's okay to transcend the time. There's nothing wrong about that.
0: Now, where did you get your degree from?
1: uh so i uh, i I have two degrees okay. i have a de- actually i have three degrees right. I graduated my first college i graduated in in uh Babbabury University It's a college i graduated uh, in in um uh the northern part of Transylvania. It's a very good college actually mm-hmm. then i had i went to seson Christian College in New Jersey and then I went to Cornell University where well, I got an M D in nutrition.
0: Wow. And and where did you get your where did you get your degree in, in psychology?
1: Uh, it's from a, it's not the most reputable school, Somerset Christian College. It's a college in New Jersey.
0: And if I'm not mistaken that's an internet based uh college?
1: No, it's not nope. an internet based. I really went to oh, okay. to college. Great. It's like yeah, it's not internet based. No.
0: Super. Um now you and I are going to have to take a commercial very shortly. Um Right. It, in in the next 45 seconds, what is your most fascinating field of sub, uh field of study?
1: I mean, the most fascinating field of study I think was was at Cornell. I think over there I learned more than anywhere else because I had extraordinary uh teachers mm-hmm. and professors and I I studied how the, you know what I mean, the, the for me, you know, how how the body can actually uh, get better as we age, something yes. that people will listen and say that's impossible. Yes, it's possible. The human molecule can actually live a very long time. So I made extraordinary uh, 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 discoveries and understanding of what can happen to us as we age and how can we prevent uh, uh, diseases like hypertension, cardiovascular disease. How can we, we heal ourselves, you know, naturally yeah. uh, uh, through through food and so here is where I think I've, I've learned more than anywhere Alright,
0: so please stand by we've got to take our break now, ExoNation our guest this hour is Dr. Carmen Hara and her website is CarmenHara.com that's C-A-R-M-E-N-H-A-R-R-A dot com and we'll both be back after this message, don't go away <laughs> Welcome back everyone. Dr. Ka- uh Dr. Carmen Hara is our special guest for this hour. Her website is Carmenhara.com. Uh, the name of your book, Doctor, is Committed Finding Love and Loyalty Through the Seven Arch Now, what are the Seven Archetypes?
1: So I try to make it very easy for people to understand because I work with so many people and they all complain that okay, I'm getting mixed messages. He does he's into me, but he doesn't want to get married. So I'm, so people question all the time what goes wrong in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I always said that uh, our behavior, uh, uh, our pattern of behavior for the word archetypes means original pattern of behavior. It comes from a Greek word. Um, you know, our archetypes stems from our personality traits, you know. so um, the, I, So I define them in a very, very easy, simple way so that everybody find themselves uh, uh, through the seven archetypes, the independent, the workaholic, the narcissist, the free spirit, the hopeless romantic, the wounded warrior, the introvert, and the eighth one is the well-rounded one. You know, uh, and I divided the archetype into the me archetype and the we archetype. So, um, And I define every one of them in, in such simple way. So, Somebody reading the book can find themselves, who they are, what are their characteristics, their weaknesses, their mindset, their strengths, their capacity to love, their uh, commitment capacity. Uh, so you identify your own self. And it's like book is like some kind of uh, talking about uh, a, paranormal, a predictability chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're a narcissist, who's actually your match? Who are you going to get along with if you're a narcissist? What are your characteristics? Now, nobody's born a a narcissist, uh, 100%. And nobody's actually 100% any of these archetypes because there's a dominant archetype and there's a recessive archetype. Or probably somebody reading the book who said, well, I'll find different characteristics of different archetypes within uh, myself. Which is very possible, but there's always a dominant one because there's a predisposition that we all have to be a certain archetype. It's almost like there's something genetic within us that we come, like, is it like the genes that we have a predisposition towards mm-hmm. a disease? We have a predisposition, let's say, to be an introvert. But it's through life, you know, the life shapes your personality. When you go through life, uh, you encounter experiences like being bullied or abandoned, or right. going through a bad divorce, then you definitely uh, lose your hope, your trust, your ability to communicate, and then you become a hundred percent introvert. So, you know, so this is what I'm trying to make very clear in the book, and the book also, you know, touches upon so many other aspects uh, uh, in people's uh, relationship, and it's not only good for somebody who's looking for love and is single but also for people who are in a relationship and they struggle in a relationship and they don't know what to do to make it better they don't know what to do to make a relationship uh, uh, work and i do i'm a firm believer that actually you know if you work on yourself and if you understand your uh, your partner's personality Mm -hmm. traits, then you can actually uh, uh, survive the test of time and you know, you can be one of those couples that 40 years later, you know, we walk hand in hand and you said we love each other more than ever.
0: Now, here we are in post-COVID times. The world is in still in right. upheaval. We have political unrest. We have social unrest. And, of course, we have the unknown factor if COVID is going to come back, if it's going to decline, if we should take vaccinations or we shouldn't take vaccinations. How is this mm-hmm. affecting relationships around the world?
1: It's affecting a relationship around the world a lot because we are so emotional right now. You mm-hmm. know, when our emotions dominate relationship, you know, in a, in, a, in a very negative way. Actually, one of the things that I talk in my book is how to be aware of your feelings in order to be able to have a good relationship with somebody. And I'm giving exercise to people to figure out their dominant emotions. And if you control, you, you embrace, and you befriend your emotions that are, in many cases, negative emotions, mm-hmm. then you can uh, change your perception, change your thoughts, change your thinking, and consequently reach uh, a very positive relationship in time. But you're right. You know, the, the humanity goes through a very, talking about paranormal, to a very difficult period that will last another 12 years. So we're not just uh, healing and getting better in a year or two. This is going to last way longer. This is the transition that humanity goes to another era. Plus, talking about the ancient teaching of the universal law, which is the concept of karma, which means repetition. We we see the same situation coming back that happened in 1929 with the crash of the economy coming back to us with the changes of the monetary system that will start to become visible in the next two, three years from, nine, uh, from uh, 2025 to 2029. Uh, like in a cycle, exactly when we have the Spanish flu in in nineteen in nineteen uh, uh, nineteen, something like this. A hundred years later, we experience a similar situation, except that this is not a flu. This is a vascular disease, and this is man-made. But you know, we have to cope with this, and it's not uh, it's not easy at all to heal from this because it is this this virus is way worse. Than anybody can imagine, and it's gonna multiply. And the vaccine doesn't look, doesn't seem to be uh, solving our problem, in my opinion, because it doesn't last too long, you know. And and, in four months, you know, uh, you you don't have immunity. And what are you gonna do? You have a booster, then another booster. And uh, meanwhile, this this virus uh, uh, mutates constantly so how are, are we gonna really get get mm-hmm. it out and cases are still as bad as they were a year ago so how much did we really accomplish that's a big question and this question should be in the in the head a politician that the people who rule the world who try to believe and try to make the world believe that the vaccination will solve the problem but the world is way smarter than than Uh, these leaders of the world and and the collective mind of the planet acknowledge something is not working because it's not. And what kind of a test and lesson is this for humanity?
0: Well, how can we dispute the fact that COVID is real and that it does affect so many people and the vaccinations certainly seem to work?
1: Well, it does work. The vaccination does help. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. But not at the extent we want. I'm not denying the vaccination. On the contrary, okay, I good. think everybody should should be vaccinated. I'm right. just saying, unfortunately, it's not what we expected because it doesn't last uh, too long. After four months, uh, you know, you don't have immunity anymore, so mm-hmm. you have to, to get a booster, but you don't know for how long because this is an experiment. For We don't know for sure. We, we were not prepared for this. Humanity was not ready for this. This caught us, you know, and we're that's why we're so confused that's why the world is so depressed that's why we don't know how to get out of it and it takes it takes so long it's going to be soon almost two years since we're fighting this mm-hmm. and uh, we we don't know whether we're getting out or we don't, but we're in this uh, 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 humanity goes through this bridge to a level another level of consciousness, and we got caught on this uh on this period, that is not the best for our evolution. What we need, we need to to take. A, we need to go to the next level. We need to go, and this is a hard time for all of us.
0: All right. So, uh, how? What's What's the best advice that you could give us in the next minute and a half? Because we have to take a break, then we're going to be coming back. But with 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 couples who are struggling because of COVID, is there anything that they can do?
1: Well, I, I do believe that actually COVID uh, is, is uh, a lesson for couples uh, to uh, um, understand what, um, what means to be a couple, what means to be in a relation, what means to be together. Sure. A lot of people, you know, when, they, uh, when COVID started and they just realized that they live under the same roof and they spend all the time together, uh, they, they um, look at their relationship from a totally different perspective. They were just waking up and looking at each other and mm-hmm. not knowing what to, how to handle their relationship yeah. because everything was put into the life, into into a different uh, paradise. So I I do believe that the um, relationship are tested by this COVID experience in a very big way. But people should be wise, and I do believe that, and my book does give a lot of advice and how to. Communicate All right, Doctor, we're going to have to discussion. take our break, so
0: please stand by. Exonation, Dr. Carmen Hara is our special guest. Her website is carmenhara.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario. You can always send me an email, Exon at TV.com. And we have a great new show starting with us. It's going to be hosted by Sue London herself. And uh, we'll tell you more about uh, Sue's new show here on the x Broadcast Network and on Simul TV in the days and the weeks to come. Don't go away. <laughs> To to everything. Turn, turn. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Carmen Hara is our special guest. Her website is carmenhara.com. Um, doctor, you describe karma as memory of the soul. Can you tell us what you mean by this?
1: So, karma is the emotional baggage that lasts a, a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if leave unpacked, you know, it's like a, it, imagine a suitcase and you put all your memories in that suitcase and you carry that suitcase and you can that can never get lost in an airport. So um, what is in that suitcase? Because sometimes you have to unpack it. You unpack and you find inside emotion like shame, fear, anger, and uh, you examine that and they come from pain of abandonment, jealousy. Uh, low self esteem, abuse and so on and so forth and your karma is uh, all those um, uh, uh, all those memories they create your karma. it leaks into your thoughts, your behavior, your emotion, your experience that you attract and you create in your life. Everything you go through actually is deposited in that suitcase that becomes the uh, uh, reactive memory of your brain, which is the subconscious mind. So everything is deposited in one hemisphere of your brain and stays there if it's not worked out, if you don't work with your subconscious mind to release those memories, to delete them. You know, it's like a, a computer that has too much information and it doesn't work well anymore because the speed is slowing down. The same thing happens through life. So you have to understand what are you carrying? Mm-hmm. And I think that. The most important thing that happens, if you want to be uh, uh, emotionally healthy, you know, the journey to emotional health you have it starts with by you uh, working through those feelings. You know, you, you need to uh, uh, investigate your own emotions and find out which is the dominant one. And this is key to your emotional health.
0: The way that we're brought up by our parents, does this play a major part on how we turn out and how we react throughout the rest of our life? Is is what happens as a child part of this baggage, then luggage that we absolutely, carry?
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Like Freud used to say that everything goes back to that time in your yeah. life. You know, when you actually create the, the, the first karmic imprint, the first emotion, the first The process of thinking starts there and the way the first imprint in the the cell memory starts Mm -hmm. there and if the imprint is a negative one, think of the child that has been abandoned or abused, you know, those memories will stay there forever. And that person needs to do a lot of therapy and a lot of work to delete those experiences and redefine himself and and reach that, that moment of being emotionally healthy. Some people work for the rest of their, their lives, and they can never get to that stage of being emotionally healthy.
0: Well, isn't it possible for the person to recognize these problems that they're, have, that they're having and, and work through these problems themselves?
1: It's possible, absolutely. It's very possible, because if you do your inner work
0: mm-hmm.
1: you, and you acknowledge what's going on with you, uh it, and it's all awareness you build that awareness and you say well i have this problem you know i acknowledge how i behave sure. how i react i know where is this coming from and i go back in time and i, uh, I i've i been abused or this experience happened to me and i am letting go you know the word forgive that we use so much which means letting go detachment detachment if we practice forgiveness if we practice detachment." We can heal on our own. We don't need, you know, we don't need anybody else to guide us. We we don't need any
0: therapy. So let me let me see how I can I can phrase this right. So what we are going through today with COVID and and the social unrest around the world, it, it's going to leave an imprint on everyone who is living through this. So how do we? How do we get rid of this problem, the, the COVID effect, as I like to call it?
1: Yeah, this is this is called trauma, and trauma doesn't go away. Even we, if the COVID goes away, trauma stays in the reactive uh, part of the brain, in the memory, uh, at the cellular level, in, in every one of us, and we're all processing this differently. In the moment when we accept this and understand and make peace with this, and and um, come together, you know, because I think this COVID makes us understand how we all are in the same boat. Mm -hmm. There are no differences uh, of money or, you know, uh, social status or religion or anything. We all are in the same boat. The suffering is the same for all of us. And it's about helping each other. It's about transitioning to another level of, of, of humanity. And it is a lesson. It's a major world lesson for all of us. But it's definitely traumatic what we're experiencing. And everybody's processing trauma in their own way. And trauma is very serious. And it, it exists, it's there. And uh, I just hope and pray that we will be able to heal collectively.
0: Um, how does intimacy play in the relationship, whether it's physical intimacy or whether it's even just talking to a person in an intimate manner. How does this play and is is the is huge, this very important? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Intimacy, in, intimacy plays a huge role. Mm-hmm. And in, in my book, I talk about something that is way more powerful than the physical intimacy. Uh, and I um, help the reader understand, I think, and this is one of the chapters of the book that I'm trying to uh, help the reader more than, than ever to develop something that is called emotional intimacy, which is the glue of any relationship. Me working with so many couples, doing couple therapy for so many years, I've seen that people, they survive a relationship, they create that soul connection. They, they create the emotional connection. If they, they separate, they have the chemistry, they have the physical, they have the sexual attraction, and they say, oh, we have great chemistry, let's get married, everything's going to be great because the sex is fabulous. And then three years later, six years later, the sex is no more that fabulous. And there's a medical explanation for that, you know, because suddenly... Uh, and neurotransmitters in the brain, they lose, you know, the intensity. So consequently, uh, uh, as the time goes by, the, the sex becomes more, less and less interesting. Uh, and this is why couples complain all the time, well, we don't have the same sex. We used to, by whatever's going on, I guess it should be the same for... And it shouldn't be this way, actually. And for this, I would <laughs> want to probably write another book on, on the sex topic, because he, this is what people complain all the time but reality is what keeps two people together is the uh, emotional intimacy that soul connection in which they grow together and they become more and more connected at, at, at at the memory of the soul at the emotional level and this is the only chance that a couple has to walk hand in hand like i said many years later and being more united and more in tune with each other as the time goes by
0: but what happens if the wife wants to go to, to therapy, couples therapy, but the husband doesn't want to go? Or the other way around, the husband wants to go, but the wife doesn't want to go?
1: Well, then we create something that is called a conflictual situation, and the moment when we start disagreeing, uh, then, then we have um, uh, the, the disagreement amplifies and touches on different other topics, you know, and then we realize after a period of time that we're not moving anywhere and we live in a conflict. And I, I don't suggest that. I want people to come in alignment and agreement if they want to have a successful life together.
0: Hmm. But what happens if there's children involved? The children, as we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. are, are absorbing the, the problems that they're watching and feeling between mom and dad. So how do, we, this, how do we how do how do we protect um, how do we protect the children in a case like this where either one parent does not want counseling and it is totally affecting the children?
1: I work with a lot of couple in which I've seen the kids suffering. The yeah. kids, uh, even the kids, I, I had cases in which the kids were begging the, the the parents to really to split and go separate ways. Yeah, mm. because the parents were fighting so much. Sometimes we're just. Uh, irrelevant uh, 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 situations, right? Um, and, and no therapy can solve when the situation becomes very conflictual. It doesn't even matter because you know it, it's very hard to heal. Um, and those that actually suffer the most for the rest of their life are the, are the children, because those imprints are reflected in their lives later on. Uh, in the, as I said, in that part of the memory of the brain, mm-hmm. those. Cells will stay and you know that they, they get activated that get activated. That's why somebody who has been abused physically mentally, emotionally at, at a certain point in their life and they they develop some kind of a amnesia
0: you All know, right doctor I, I have to I have to cut you off here because I do have to take my heart breaks So please stand by exonation Dr. Carmen Hara is our guest www. That's www.carmenhara.com. And we'll both be back as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone on the other side of these short messages. Don't go away. that we move. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Carmen Hara is our special guest, www.carmenhara.com. Dr. Hara, how has the Internet and online dating, online cheating, virtual reality affected relationships in our society today?
1: It has affected relationships in the society, and I've seen in my career cases that um, I couldn't believe I will ever see women telling me that they date somebody online for three, four years, they in a committed relationship, but they've never seen each other. So uh, I'm trying to still understand how this works, <laughs> but you have this cases, quite a number of them. Uh, so, um, you know, I will always uh, believe that coming back to reality, that dating, you have to see somebody in person. And in the online dating, you no know, people have issues with commitment and, the concept of commitment changed uh, so much versus uh, commitment uh, from our grandparents, grand-grandparents, even our parents. You know, is they, they g- commitment means give yourself to another person. Uh, they gave themselves to another person uh, with their hearts, and they believe in staying together uh, through thick and thin. But it's not the same case now. The young generation does not want commitment, doesn't even want to get married, they believe in dating different people in the same time, and this is this is a problem. In my opinion, I'm the old school.
0: So am I. I'm the old school, and I'd rather go to the old school than the new school any day. How about the amount of data that people ingest today because of the 724-365 news cycles that are out there, as well as the easy accessibility to the news, multiple TV channels of news, multiple channels on, on the, the internet and, and social media. How does this affect dating? How does this affect intimacy? And how does this affect love in general?
1: It does affect it at every level of the being. It creates a lot of confusion and it creates this phenomena of the younger generation not believing in the concept of marriage, and as we can see, you know, more divorces than ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, People just get married for the wrong. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to work on themselves. They run away from their own truth, and that's why I wrote this book, because I said, well, probably, you know, I can, you know, build some awareness in the younger generation, and I actually brought my book, my daughter in this book, because she's in her 30s, so I said, we two generations seeing the concept of commitment from two, two different perspectives, uh, two different generations. And I can see, you know, and I ho- I do hope for this young generation to, you know, use the wisdom of our generations and build, bring back, you know, that strong, solid uh, foundation of, of marriages and commitment, you know, uh, uh, in their own lives, and I, I believe that a person can foster a truly healthy relationship by doing their work inside and outside. It's equally important to come to terms with your past to forgive when you 've been hurt and to heal everything, and to believe to believe in the beauty of love and commitment.
0: Since people are now working more and more from home, even though they have the ability to return to their jobs, they're saying, you know what, I'd rather work from home. I don't have to pay for gas. I don't have to pay for transportation. I don't have to pay for parking. I don't have to pay for expensive lunches or dinners. Is the stay-at-home work factor a pro or a con when it comes to relationships and intimacy?
1: it depends i i uh, i think it depends from um, i mean but i don't think it's a pro you know because be staying home you know you you don't connect mm-hmm. you don't have a chance to be out there uh but if you are willing to work on yourself you and if you're willing to find the right partner you can find that that partner either you more working from home and if you are decided you know to uh, to, to be committed to somebody, the life will take you there. It's just a belief system
0: that I'm having. In, in your opinion, doctor, what is karma?
1: You know, karma is such a misunderstood uh, concept. It's not uh, the Newtonian law of cause and effect, uh, what goes around comes around. Karma is um, the totality of your thoughts, of your intention the totality of who you really are, everything you've ever done, mm-hmm. everything you've ever been and you will be is is your soul, is the memory of your soul. And that's what you operate on, everything that exists within you is the baggage that exists you, is that cell, cell you're coming from that has an imprint of everything uh, of you, you know, from from the genetics into the the quality that shapes your personality, your skill, your abilities, and, and, and everything uh, that that makes you the person who you are and you are meant to be.
0: Doctor, uh, Doctor Hara, what are your final thoughts? What is the message that you would like to give tonight to the Exo Nation around the world?
1: My message is: Let's let's be good to each other. Let's. Uh, redefine, uh, you know, our world. And it might sound probably uh, too futuristic or impossible, but it is possible because uh, uh, I think this COVID is given to us in a way, you know, and we need to learn that from this experience, that we are powerful together, that we will transform this world and we will evolve through pain and suffering. You create a miracle of life.
0: Dr. Hara, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. And Exonation, Nation, if you would like to contact Dr. Hara, visit her website at www.carmenhara.com. That's www.carmenhara.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour, as the Exon continues. With yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.